The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And welcome into another edition of Clubhouse Conversation. It's Davo's Dish. Coming to you at 1 a.m. on Thursday night slash Friday morning. Just got back from the K and enjoyed that 14-inning Royals victory, 2-1. to one. You know, Key word being Royals victory, key word being Royals fans. We enjoyed that game, whereas it's a heartbreaker for the Cleveland Indians. But, you know, this is, this is a game tonight, by the way, that is just everything. It was just like Groundhog Day, wasn't it? First of all, you're facing Corey Kluber, who you cannot touch ever. Danny Duffy's facing him. He seems to face him every time now. It seems to be a requirement in baseball rules. Both pitchers are awesome tonight. Again, you know, Royals bullpen, awesome tonight. Again, and the Royals don't score runs again. So kind of more of the same old, same old. But the, the important thing was the Royals found a way to win this game, just like they found a way to win yesterday with, you know, Tyler Flowers and the Mike Moustakas sliding into his glove, getting the ball out. You know, the Royals got great pitching, no offense yesterday, same thing today. At, at the end of the day, I'm telling you, I still think the Royals are going to come up short because their offense just continues to sputter 62% of the way through here, unless they go out and make a, one or two pretty big moves offensively in the next week. That's the only way I'm going to revise where I'm at right now. Right now, this team's still not good enough to make the postseason, but the good news is the Royals got to win tonight. They can at least dream, and if they can stay in things, you never know what could happen. You know, you never know who's going to, whose tent's going to fold, who's going to go down from other teams. You never know when Billy Butler maybe has a couple of weeks of the old Billy Butler or Moustakis and Hosmer and Gordon get hot at the same time, you know, just like the 10-game winning streak. So back in June. So you just never know what's going to happen. But I still don't think at this very second this is a playoff team. But they could make improvements throughout the next week, and you never know, guys. Anything's possible. The Royals could still make it. I mean, mathematically, they're still right there. Although, again, I drink the Kool-Aid as much as anybody. I'm not going to get too excited quite yet. But if the Royals can somehow go 5-2 and two or 6-1 and one in this homestand, I might start to believe again if they add a bat on top of that. And a, and a good bat. It can't be some fringe bat. I'm seeing a good bat. So if the Royals can go 5-2 and two in this homestand, add a bat, maybe things change a little bit. But the good thing about going 5-2, and two, you, obviously you've got to get 3 out of 4 against Cleveland minimum. And the good thing about that is you've already defeated Corey Kluber. In game one, how big is that? I mean, you look at the next three days, you're not scared of anybody. Corey Kluber's out of the way. You beat him. That's fantastic. You know, there's no reason the Royals can't win two of the next three now. You get three out of four in this one and either get two out of three or all three against the Twins, you are definitely got firm hold of second place in the AL Central, and you're definitely within a game and a half or less of the wild card. So anything's possible. Let's go through this game, though. I didn't mean to get ahead of myself there. I'm just kind of discussing where this team is at. Overall, I still think the team is one to two bats away, and I'm still not quite certain you can get those bats. I don't know if those guys are available at this time, and I don't believe the Royals should give up the farm to get somebody that gives them a 40% chance at making the one-game wild card. I don't think mortgaging your future is smart right now because I do think this team's going to be pretty good next year again, too. I think next year the Royals have an even better chance of making the playoffs. So let's go through this game, though, here. I'm sorry. I'm a little excited right now. I'm, I'm using... My brain and telling you that the Royals probably aren't a postseason team, but I'm also using my heart and telling you it's possible, telling you I'm excited and telling you this is a great game. You know, it ended up that way at least. So this one starts with Danny Duffy, obviously. In Fuego, seven shutout innings, two hits, seven strikeouts, two walks, and a no hitter, what, through five innings? ERA now sits at 2.47 with a 5 and 10 record. Yikes. 2.47, you have five wins. 
with one start to go in the month of July. Definitely not what you're hoping for with those kind of numbers from Danny Duffy. The most pitches he threw tonight, by the way, since before the Tommy John surgery in those seven shutout innings. We just continue to see so much out of Danny Duffy. It's so exciting because I don't want to jinx anything, but Danny Duffy's looking more and more like a can't-miss number two major league starter. Potentially even bigger if he can keep this up for the whole second half. I don't want to put too big of expectations on him, but I think we can definitely safely say we can see Danny Duffy as a as a very bona fide good number two major league starter with potential to be a number one if he can continue this the rest of this year into next year, which is fantastic when you bundle him with your Donald Ventura, who pitches tomorrow. We'll talk more about that later. We last outing was his worst of the year and perhaps didn't look the most inspired in the world. So we'll see how he looks tomorrow against a very good Cleveland lineup. But that's exciting when you've got those two guys and a guy like Jason Vargas back. You've got a pretty good one through three going into next year. I'm sure they add one more veteran starter next year to go along with Guthrie. And then, you know, if anybody falters or gets injured, you've got guys in the wings like Zimmer and Manaya and Finnegan and Almonte on and on down in the minor league. So Danny Duffy, the last 30 days, how big has he been? 2.01 ERA the last 30 days. That is called getting it done, and that's the same thing the Royals' bullpen continues to do. Now, it's a very, very rare blown save by Greg Holland. Jan Gomes just kills the Royals, doesn't he? He's the new Royal killer. I guess they've got a few of them. Brantley does it as well, and it seems like Lonnie Chisenhall has some pretty big hits against the Royals. But, man, I thought I really thought Holland would get out of that there with two outs in the ninth, but it's the third day in a row he's thrown. Same thing for Wade Davis, by the way. Um, Wade Davis, the first time in his career, has thrown three days in a row, so 100% he's not available tomorrow. No chance. I would imagine the same thing with Holland. So tomorrow I would imagine your closer is Kelvin Herrera, your ninth inning guy. Let's just assume Ventura goes six or seven. Your ninth inning guy is obviously Herrera. Obviously, Jason Frazier is going to have to have the eighth tomorrow. And... I would say Aaron Crow's probably getting the seventh tomorrow. That's probably where you're sitting right now. You know, worst case, if it goes extra innings, Bruce Chen probably gets pulled off of his start Sunday and gets thrown in there to be your long man tomorrow. Worst case scenario. But Ventura's going to have to give at least five or six innings tomorrow because the bullpen's not in great shape. I mean, Bueno, I would imagine, is not available after an inning and two-third tonight. Downs two innings, maybe one or two hitters tomorrow. Um, And I think... Both Holland and Davis aren't available. So tomorrow your goal is to only use Jason Frazier, Kelvin Herrera, and Aaron Crow. That way you get your bullpen back to full, to, not to full strength, but get it back to its where it's pretty good again on Saturday. So we'll hope for a big start from Ventura. We'll talk about that in a bit. But the bullpen one more time. Let's break it down here. You know, Wade Davis was shaky in the eighth. Like I said, first time pitching three days in a row in his career. But he got a scoreless inning thanks to a huge double play off the bat of Brantley. Two hits, one walk, one strikeout for Wade. So nothing he's going to... Remember fondly, his ERA now sets at 1.03. So his next scoreless outing will get him under one on his ERA. But apparently he's not an all-star. Hmm. Okay. Still upset about him not being an all-star. Greg Holland blows the save in the ninth, like we said, three days in a row. D- just didn't have it tonight. Not the end of the world. He got out of it. That's fine. He's gonna, it's going to happen some of the times. And, you know, we, when he blows his three to five saves a year, it's a good thing when you when you win a couple, three of those which I believe that's the second one the Royals have won now. I'll have to go back and check that after he blows a save. So innings 10 through 14, though, the Royals' bullpen just absolutely on lockdown. Francis Lee Bueno now has a 2.14 ERA. I see no reason to upgrade this bullpen any further because right now, who's the odd man out when Bruce Chen goes back to the bullpen? Who are you sending out from this bullpen? You tell me you're going to send Bueno down because he has options? I mean, Crow's not going down. Herrera's not going down. Davis isn't going down. Frazier's not going down. Holland's not going down. 
Chen's not going down. That's six. I mean, the only guy they can send down is Bueno. And they're still actively, supposedly shopping for another reliever? No. I mean, I hate having to see Bueno even go down to Omaha. He probably will have to go down until September, I'm thinking, once Bruce Chen rotates back to the bullpen. But I guess it's a nice guy to have available in mid to late August into September. Bueno, inning and two-thirds, three Ks, no hits and a walk. I'd almost rather prefer him to Scott Downs at this point as your lefty guy out of the bullpen, especially now that he's dropping down. Lefties just can't seem to touch Bueno all year. Look at his stats the last couple of years at a zero ERA and an ERA under two. I mean, he's just been awesome since he's been in a Royal uniform. And you're starting to get a big enough sample size of Bueno where you can't call it a fluke anymore, especially when he's making you know, modifications going sidearm against lefties, and that's making him a lot tougher. I see him having a nice long another five to seven years at the major league level as a lefty specialist. If you can, and, and he's not just a lefty. I mean, he gets right-handers out, too. He can go more than any. You know, he can go two, three, four innings at a time. So Bueno is very valuable to this team. Nice job by him. Jason Frazier bailed Bueno out there in the 11th. And then Scott Downs comes in, two innings of one hit, one walk ball. I still get really nervous when Scott Downs comes in, to be honest with you. I just don't think he has it anymore. I would rather DFA him when Chen goes back to the pen and keep Bueno out there, but it's not going to happen. I know how the Royals work. But uh, I did one thing I do want to say about Nedios tonight. I'll give him credit. I, th- I still think it's a bad move, but it worked. Um, but I'm going to point it out because I don't, I'm not one of those people who just points out when something goes wrong. I'll, I'll point something out when it went right. But I did not like it all there in the 13th inning with two outs and nobody on, allowing Scott Downs, the lefty, to, to pitch to the switch hitter Carlos Santana from the right side with his 15 home runs and with Jan Gomes, or not Jan Gomes, Johnny Gomes in the back of my mind from Boston the other day. I just did not think it was good managing. Aaron Crow was warm and ready in the bullpen. I don't understand why you would let Downs pitch to the right-handed hitter who can beat you with one swing of the bat right there. Just, I mean, it ended up being fine as he walked him and got the next hitter out, but just didn't think that was good managing by Nedios right there. Wanted to point that out. It did work. Didn't like it. Aaron Crow absolutely filthy in the 14th. Three up, three strikeouts. The slider was disgusting tonight. And how about the third time in Royals history tonight? Thanks to David Holtzman for tweeting this out. Third time in Royals history, 14 innings or more and not allowing an extra base hit. The Royals did not allow an extra base hit tonight to Cleveland in 14 innings. Meanwhile, the Royals had two, Mike Moustakis and Raul Abanez. And let's talk about Moustakis, obviously, the one that's going to be on Folly videos for God knows how many years to come. In the eighth inning, hits a double to Ryan Rayburn and left as he dives on the line, goes off his glove. You know, it's a tough play, but nothing to laugh at. That in its own, I'm sure, frustrated Rayburn. But then he throws the ball into the ground, has to retrieve it himself, and Moustakis goes all the way around the bases for a double and a two-base error. one nothing, and before Holland blew it, you had to think, wow, what, what a way the Royals are going to win, and... I bet Rayburn's not going to sleep well tonight. Probably still not going to sleep well tonight. Didn't do anything offensively. Got pulled out shortly after that. Not having a good season. So, um, Other than that, offensively, the Royals, <laughs> this is pretty hard for me to do. I wonder, I, I would love to hear this stat, too. We heard the one about the 14 innings not allowing an extra base hit by the Royals, only the third time in club history. I wonder how many times they've gone 14 innings and only stranded one base runner. The Royals only stranded one base runner. and th- That's sad. In 14 innings, and of course, there's Raul Abanez with the double we just mentioned a second ago, and Moose had the other extra base hit. The Royals had a perfect game thrown against him into the seventh inning. Kluber once again goes nine innings. He went nine back in April at 103 pitches, barely approached 110 tonight in the nine. His ERA is now sitting at 277. I don't know how it's that high. The Royals have no idea how it's that high. I mean, if you take out the Royals, his ERA must be like 3-3 this year, 3-2 this year, probably 3-2. With as bad as they've hit him this year, the few times they've faced him. I don't know. They, they just can't touch the guy. 
Now, granted, Kluber is a legit all-star at this point. He's a legit number one starter at this point, no doubt. Perhaps you could say him and Chris Sale, even the best two starters in the AL Central. I put, I'd put, um, um, what's our what's our friend over there? Anibal Sanchez in there as well. Scherzer obviously goes in. Those four, and you could even make a case that perhaps Danny Duffy might be the fifth best starter in the AL Central right now. But anyway, there you go. 14th inning. Lorenzo Cain, give him huge credit for battling. Was down Utu, got that single, stole second on the close play, and then Noriaoki does what he's supposed to do. What you imagine him doing if you had the glass half full when the Royals traded Will Smith to Milwaukee to get him. You imagine him in that big Kauffman Stadium Park just spraying line drives to right and left and up the middle, all that extra room, hitting gaps. He didn't hit the gap, but he didn't have to. Solid line drive to left field, gets in Kane, and the Royals walk it off. Big win. You beat Corey Kluber. You start off the must 5-2 and two homestand with a win. You get Kluber out of the way. And you gain a game on Cleveland, you continue to move up, hopefully in the standings. So it's a huge win for the Royals, no doubt about that. Was it pretty? No. Yeah, there's still problems? Yes. Absolutely, there's still problems. The offense, Billy Butler continues to just be awful. You know, we don't need to go over it tonight. There's no reason to pick on guys tonight. The Royals got the win. But obviously, the Royals, in my opinion, are still going to have to add a bat, and they're going to have to have a really good homestand to have any sort of chance. I mean, mathematically, the game's back is not that big of a deal. But like I always say, when you're battling four teams, Five teams, one or two of them is bound to make a big addition and or either way, rattle off seven of 10, 15 of 19, and all of a sudden you're out because the first wild card's already decided. So you're going for that second wild card. So that's kind of how I look at things right now. But let's talk about the rest of the series. The Royals got to get three out of four, and they've got the edge, in my opinion, two of the next three with a coin flip and the other one. Tomorrow is an edge for the Royals. Ventura against Josh Tomlin. The righty. Now, the Royals lit him up back on July 4th. That was that one game the Royals won in Cleveland, the Christian Colon's debut that night starting. Uh, they won that weekend, and, and uh, or that night, sorry. And Tomlin went five and two-thirds, allowing five runs on ten hits, struck out six, didn't walk anybody. Five and seven, four, four, three for Tomlin. So he's a solid starter. Probably take out that start, he's probably down around four. So Tomlin is solid. Tomlin is probably their version of Jeremy Guthrie, I would say. But I like the Royals' odds with your Donald Ventura against Josh Tomlin. Tomorrow you get that game. Okay, you're in good shape. Then you can split the last two. Saturday, it's Jeremy Guthrie and Zach McAllister. McAllister, 3-5 and five with a 5-2-8. Held the Royals to just two runs in six innings back on April 21st. Been a long time since they faced him. But I still like the Royals on Saturday. I like Guthrie and a slight edge over Zach McAllister. So I like the Royals quite a bit tomorrow. I like them a little bit on Saturday with Guthrie against McAllister. And then Sunday, I think it's a complete toss-up. I might even give Cleveland a slight edge. Bruce Chen against David Salazar. Salazar's not great, but I still... You know, I, the last two times Chen is throwing, I said I'm not sold on him. So I'm going to keep saying that because he keeps responding. And hopefully he'll just keep making me look like an idiot. <laughs> on Sunday, Chen and Salazar. Salazar 2-4 and four at the 5-1-2. The Royals back on April 22nd got him pretty well. 4 and a third. Four runs on seven hits. So, in summary, Royals clear edge tomorrow, slight edge Saturday, coin flip, two slight Cleveland edge on Sunday. You got to get two of these next three. You got to find a way to get three out of four in this series. And I mean, hell, they went all four that we can get really excited. One quick note I will not be giving you dishes the next two days. I will be in Northwest Arkansas watching the Naturals. I will get to see Christian Benford throw on Saturday, JC Sol Baron tomorrow. I will give you a big update when I get back on Sunday. Be back early in the day on Sunday or maybe even late Saturday night. Probably going to come back late Saturday. So sometime on Sunday, look for a two-day update from Northwest Arkansas. I will also break down Sunday's game 
against the Cleveland Indians. So no dish until Sunday. Just giving you the heads up. We'll be. I have, I have an excuse though. I've got a written note for my mom. It's not for my mom. It's for my buddy. So annual trip we take down to Springdale to watch the Naturals. I'm excited to report back though about Hunter Dozier and Christian Benford and. Jesse Solbaran, who's pitching tomorrow, has even had a, had a pretty good year. Pretty intriguing type of year quietly for the Naturals. You go on through Bonifacio and Calixte and on and on. There's a lot of intriguing people on that Northwest Arkansas Naturals Club, and we'll have that plus more breakdowns of the big league club coming up on Sunday. Until then, it's now 1.20 a.m. I'm going to go ahead and publish this to the website. Appreciate you listening to Clubhouse Conversation. Got some exciting interviews next week as well, but until Sunday when we give you the Northwest Arkansas Natural Breakdown and give you a Royals Breakdown, have yourself a great night. Let's get three out of four. Hopefully next time I talk to you, you'll be very happy. Go Royals!